Hello and welcome to Zooming In on Hate, a podcast series that brings together the brightest minds to figure out solutions to hate speech, radicalization and disinformation. Throughout this series, we regularly speak to various voices from tech, civil society, law enforcement and policymakers to identify and analyze the latest trends. This podcast is part of the European Observatory of Online Hate, or EOOH in short, and today we've got a very special episode for you focusing on inclusivity and the church. This episode was recorded at the 6th International Conference Civic Actors in Conflict, hosted by PDCS in Bratislava, Slovakia. My name is Jordi Nijnijs, but today you'll be listening to my co-host Lydia Elkori in conversation with Martin Kovac from the old Catholic Church in Slovakia. Enjoy. Hi Martin, it's really fabulous to meet you here in Bratislava. So for our listeners, for our audience, tell us Tell us about yourself and your organization. <laughs> Thank you very much, Lydia. It's nice to see you in <laughs> Bratislava and bringing the world from outside to our, our small country. Yeah, My name is Martin Kovac. I am old Catholic priest, which means uh, priest of tiny, progressive, liberal church, even though our name is not very appropriate for our community. Old Catholics are like um, open-minded Catholics, Catholic-style church, we ordain women, we are inclusive towards any type of otherness. Uh, but in our country, it means especially towards the LGBTQ minority uh, and ecumenically open-minded, uh, engaging in interreligious dialogue and so on. But our situation is also a bit problematic in Slovakia because uh, we have very strict law on the registration or state recognition of uh, small and new churches forgetting a recognition of state as a church in Slovakia, you need proof that you have 50,000 adult members. Right, that's a large uh, number. It's, it's totally huge number, even when you compare it with the V4 countries context. Uh, for example, in Poland, you need only 100 people who sympathize with such church for being recognized by state. And Poland, at least here in Slovakia, is uh, being often described as more Roman Catholic country or uh, more conservative type of country. In Czech Republic, you need only 300 people for being recognized. In Hungary, you can be recognized as NGO, as a church, and you need only three signatures for establishing or founding a new NGO in, in a country. So this is really a crazy number. Uh, and it is important to say that uh, the whole law was motivated by Islamophobia directly. Uh, it was made more strict two times because since Velvet Revolution in 1989, uh, for registration of a new church, you needed uh, in Slovakia 20,000 people who sympathize. So only like the signatures on a petition uh, proving that these people sympathize with our church and, and you could be recognized. Uh, in 2007, the law was made more strict by the politicians, directly motivated by nationalism and Islamophobia, rising Islamophobia in our country. 2007, it was, it was before the refugee crisis. Uh, but in parliament, they were stating that, that we do not want the Islam to be, to be recognized religion in Slovakia because we are Christian country. Uh, then in 2017, it was made even more strict and the number 
has risen to uh, to 50,000 50, members. And how large is the Muslim community in Slovakia? Well, according to the census in 2021, the last census of, of last year, uh, we have around 5,000 Muslims who stated that they are members of the Muslim community. But the problem is that the many people in the country who are Muslims uh, do not state it about themselves in, in the census because, uh, because of the fear. Yeah. Uh, I can say that, that many of the politicians are, are spreading the hatred against the Muslims in the country. The former Prime Minister of Slovakia, Robert Fico, from the Social Democratic Party, Smer, uh, the direction is, is the tri uh, translation of, of uh, the name of the party. Yeah. Uh, he stated at one of the press conferences that uh, each member of the Muslim community in Slovakia uh, is being monitored by the state security services. Yeah. A friend of mine who is imam in Bratislava several weeks after this press conference moved his family from Bratislava to Vienna because he said that, that he did not want to raise his children in such hateful country against the Muslims. Uh, and the problem is that also the, the Christian majority in the country, especially the Roman Catholic majority that has also the representatives in the parliament and in the government, yeah. are often spreading the narrative in the country that they are being a persecuted minority, even though, that, okay. that in fact, they are being oppressive majority in the country against all, all types of, of, of the minorities within the country. When you take all the polls during the last 30 years in Slovakia, it's not only about the acceptance of the LGBTQ people in Slovakia, it's about the acceptance of Roma people, about refugees and migrants, about uh, People who have some health issues uh, are, are disabled in, in uh, some, some health disabilities. In all of the polls during the last 30 years, we had the last places of the European countries, if not the last one, uh, in the acceptance of the otherness in, in our society. So that's, I mean, the lack of inclusivity. How does that make you feel as a Christian, Martin? Well, as a Christian, as a priest, reading the Gospels every Sunday at least, if, if not during the weekdays. Well, in my opinion, this is really against the Gospel of Jesus Christ because it is teaching us about Jesus who is going to the minorities, to, to the people who are other, uh, of, of other religion, of other ethnicity. He's talking with women, with sinners as such. Yeah. So I do not understand how can this narrative and this foundation of Christianity that we, that we find in the Bible develop uh, to this kind of, of state that you are oppressing the minorities and excluding them from the society. Like, going back to our roots means being more open-minded and more open to, to the otherness. Yeah. Uh, and this is what I want to do a little bit from inside of the Christianity in Slovakia to show that uh, it's possible to live Christianity in a different way. Lovely. And, and it's, it's so lovely to hear the, the kind of how you want to embrace all voices, all parts of society into your church. So what status does your church have now? We have in Slovakia this law on the civic associations and NGOs, uh, but it is directly stated in the law that you cannot register an NGO as a religious organization. 
and you cannot conduct the religious services as civic association in the society. So we have our NGO, but it is only like for the financial and economical purposes to rent the building, to have bank account together, to employ somebody. Uh, you need a legal entity for, mm. for something like that. But we cannot say that this is a church. Uh, and also publicly, we are not being recognized as, as a church. For example, the president of Slovakia, traditionally at the beginning of the year, is inviting all the rep main representatives of the churches and religious uh, societies, religious organizations, to meet in, in her palace and, and so on. Uh, so we are not being invited. We cannot uh, conduct the civil marriages. All of the churches in country who are recognized by the state yeah. can do that. So there are many, many challenges. Uh, and we have started also kind of legal process to change the situation. Uh, but we have to say that, that the easiest way would be to change it uh, through the politics. But again, in the parliament, we have these conservative, especially Christian politicians, yeah. who do not need uh, any type of change in the society. And what is embarrassing for me is that, that all the registered churches were silent when this law limiting the religious freedom in the country was, make, was being made more strict. So, uh, yeah, the, the situation is very difficult. Also, the, the Islamic organizations have their like foundations or civic associations, but it's a problem. Mm -hmm. It's not the state of equality. So as I mentioned, we started kind of legal process. We asked Ombudsman for her statement. Nowadays, we have crazy situation because we had seven months uh, period without Ombudsman in the country. He was not elected by the parliament. Nowadays, a candidate of these conservative Christians was elected as a new Ombudsman. And they are saying also publicly now, it was yesterday in the country, and they are openly saying that finally we will have there a person with no ideology, meaning that ombudsmans before were, for example, uh, putting the, the rainbow flag during the gay prides into their windows, and all the Christian politicians were like very angry about it. Right. Uh, so what is now probably going to happen? I do not want to judge earlier, because we have to give a chance to, to everybody, but uh, according to the story, how a person was elected and so on, uh, we can say that, that uh, he was a very conservative person, elected by these conservative Christian politicians and neo-Nazis in the parliament, right. unfortunately. Very challenging situation, Martin. Definitely. And is the situation any better for other minorities, like the LGBTQ plus community? As I was mentioning, uh, it is about all the minorities within the country. In all the polls made in the country during the last 30 years, we have seen that Slovakia is on the last positions in the poll when it comes to the acceptance towards the otherness, towards yeah. the Roma people, migrants, refugees, uh, people of other languages or nationalities. And the problem is that the Slovakia is a very homogeneous country. And we can feel also, the other thing is that, that there is also kind of uh, financial and so social inequality within the European Union. We are really poor country still within the European Union. We have uh, 
very low salaries and very high prices also in compare with other V4 countries. Yeah. It's impossible for people who are living in rural areas and we have many rural yeah. areas in Slovakia to, to travel. We have started a project of interreligious meetings to change a little bit the situation when the neo-Nazi party first made it to the parliament in Slovakia. And uh, we were traveling with imam and rabbi and uh, two priests, usually the Roman Catholic priest and priest of one of the minority churches. Yeah. I was one among these minority priests. We were traveling through countries, through schools and discussing with the students and showing them like very human type of friendship among us and, and the possibility of the dialogue. And we were witnessing that when you are traveling to these rural areas, people never ever in their life met Muslim yeah. or never met rabbi in their life. But the rate of Islamophobia and the rate of uh, any kind of xenophobia is very high in these areas. Yeah. So this opening to otherness is, is very, very important within the country. Uh, and also the European Union and other institutions can, can be of some help to, to this, especially in our situation of homogenous country and this social inequality within the European Union. We, we cannot divide people according, you know, these salaries are making a lot. When you are working only in the factories, you have different type of life than people who are traveling a lot yeah. and meeting the otherness very naturally. So this is also one of the of the features of, of Slovakia. Yeah. And we spoke to um, a colleague of yours, Lukas Zorad from PDCS, about the horrific hate crime that took place just a few weeks ago here in Bratislava. Um, two men were killed and another person injured outside a gay bar. Um, how has that impacted on you and your community, Martin? Well, as I was mentioning, I am priest of one of only two communities in the country, the Christian congregations, parishes, that are open and inclusive towards the LGBTQ people. Our old Catholic congregation in Bratislava, and then also the Lutheran congregation Bratislava Old Town, uh, where I also work in my civil job on, on the other project. Uh, and the terrific incident happened like 500 meters from the place where I work, uh, from, from this Lutheran congregation. Yeah. So also in the topography of the city, it was very near to us, but also in the ideas and the communities overlapping in, in the congregations. Some members of our congregations really knew the, the people who were killed, who were, who were shot there. So, so it was very closely touching our communities. On, right on the next day we went to the place and we were praying there uh, and there was a synod of, of my own church. It's like the, the bigger gremium of all representatives of all the clergy and, and the parishes in the Czech Republic. Yeah. And we were one of the first church institutions who, uh, who really issued a statement uh, supporting the LGBTQ community in Slovakia. Uh, after after these shootings happening in, in Bratislava yeah. uh, and s stating directly that we are being opened towards the LGBTQ people. So I think that this voice is very important, but again, it was behind the borders in, in the Czech Republic. What I have to say that also some influential figures in the theology and, and in the church life from the Czech Republic are very influential for Slovaks. 
because within the Slovak environment, unfortunately, we still do not have alternative voices of such such strength uh, that would be the, the authorities within the society and within the churches. And what I have to say that uh, church and the society was not able to effectively speak about, about these incidents. The representatives of the Roman Catholic Church were not able to say that the murderers were members of LGBTIQ community. These letters are like being prohibited totally in the church ground. And what is even more embarrassing, Archbishop of Trnava, Jan Oroš, issued a letter for all the clergy of his diocese, stating that uh, there were like questions. He was questioning uh, if the victims at Zamotska Street in Teplaren were really guilt, uh, not guilt, that they were guilt and they were killed be uh, because of that. So questioning um, the validity of yes, the murders yes, at all. Yes, definitely. And he was saying, were there any type of drug controls uh, uh, in, in uh, Teplaren, in this, in, in this gate bar? Uh, were there some controls uh, of, of young people if they are not drinking alcohol in there and so on? So they, they were questions. Yeah. And he was also saying that, that this is the type of LGBTQ ideology and neo-Marxist ideology being brought to the legislative in Slovakia and using this case to strengthen the position of LGBTQ people. It's, it's really embarrassing. And nowadays, uh, somebody of the priests uh, published it in, in the Slovak media and it became a topic, but especially of the top, uh, topic of the secular society. Because in Slovakia, we still also do not have type of financial separation between the church and state. Right. So this archbishop and the priests of his diocese are being paid from the taxes. Also the taxes of the people who are not members of the church. Yeah. So they feel that they are able to criticize it somehow and they should do that. Uh, and they are opening also, also this topic of, of uh, the separation between the church and state. And do you think the, the murder of those two men has, apart from the Archbishop of Ternava, has it opened up the dialogue around inclusion of LGBTQ plus people, religious minorities? Has it made a space? Definitely in some part of the society, but not in the general society as such. And especially these conservative Christian communities being criticized for for building this atmosphere in the society of, yeah. of fear and hatred towards the minorities, especially uh, towards the LGBTQ people, they are trying to say that that we are being like uh, offended by by such sayings and so on. As I was mentioning, that that uh, often the Roman Catholics and mainline Christian churches in the country want to say that we are persecuted minority, yeah. and they do not have the understanding that we are oppressing majority of the society towards the, the minorities. So slowly we are sti starting a type of dialogue, that, but the problem is that those in power within the churches and within the society want to stop this type mm -hmm. of dialogue. 
there were also some attempts in the parliament after the incident to make a little bit better the situation, the, the legal situation of LGBTQ people. Yeah. Because in Slovakia, we do not have any type of, of legal recognition of the uh, same-sex partnerships. But uh, only a very small number of, of MPs uh, were voting for, for such legislation. It was not even registered partnerships. It was only some kind of, of uh, legal statement that, yeah. that, that we have a civil union among uh, ourselves, but uh, they were not able, even after such terrific incident in Bratislava, to vote for that. A, a long way to go, Martin. Yeah. Do you, do you, how do you see the future? What, what's a path you know, that, that might make Slovakia more inclusive? Well, as I was mentioning, the, the, the whole process is very slow and we can feel this influence of the churches. We can feel also a kind of Russian narrative. We did not speak about this, that, that yeah. uh, when the war in Ukraine started, uh, the Patriarch Kirill, in his first sermon, he was saying that uh, this war is not only physical war, it's metaphysical war for the salvation of human souls being destroyed by the decadent values of West represented by the gay parades. Yeah. It was directly in his first sermon when the world, it's crusade. Yeah. He offered a theological understanding of the war in the Ukraine. What is important to say, that we were listening to such narrative more than a decade in our country, in all of the churches. We had uh, this case of, of so-called Istanbul treaties, uh, the treaties of the European Council against gender-based violence in the society. And in the Roman Catholic Church, one very popular priest, conservative priest, started yeah. a campaign, stop the evil from Istanbul, saying that this is going to bring uh, the ratification of these treaties of European Council will bring gender ideology to our legislation. And he was so successful that he persuaded all the bishops of the registered churches in, in Slovakia that they have signed a petition against the ratification of the Istanbul treaties. The process is really being very slow, and I, for now, and I'm, I'm very sorry to say that, yeah. but I do not see any chance from inside to change the situation in like the next decade. Situation of all of the minorities, of, of LGBTQ people, of minority churches, from inside there is no will of change. Mm -hmm. uh, we are still a member state of the European Union, so what we can do is to ask the European institutions to work on the change, on the societal change in, in this uh, case. And of course, we have the European Court for the Human Rights. And the religious freedom is human right. And LGBTQ rights are human rights. So we can start a case at, at the European Court for the Human Rights and to bring this legislation for, from outside to Slovakia. Yeah. But it is also a very sensitive issue for us because these groups are using the narrative of bad Brussels, bad European Union, bringing these decadent values to our countries. Yeah, yeah. This is our way. We do not have any kind of, of uh, chance to change the, the situation. Sobering, sobering words, Martin. And I, but I hope, I hope change comes sooner, and I hope the inclusion that your hope for um, spreads throughout Slovakia. Yeah, thank you very much for your support and also for this opportunity to speak about these topics because it's also very important to know the situation. Absolutely, yeah, great. Thanks, Martin. Thank you very much.